Hello and welcome to Brand Bites, where we talk design, future brands, and all things startup. With him, Matthew Fern, and him, Frankie Gingell. Let's go. Welcome to episode two of Brand Bites. Frankie, how are you? Very good. How are you? Mega. Thank you, as always. Mega. Thank you to everyone who listened to episode one. We were overwhelmed by the tens of you that decided to listen. Um, No, thank you to everyone who um, has been in touch since uh, with their support. We really appreciate it. Back with another brilliant episode today where we will be discussing um, the Rugby World Cup, some of the logos associated with that. It's been an awesome tournament so far. Um, we talk about corporate sponsorship, um, and as always, we'll be chatting about Legends of the Week with a new Legend of the Week for this week. Um, but the first thing we're going to do is introduce a new segment which is called Brand News. In Brand News, we talk about um, something for the last seven days that has piqued our interest, particularly within branding and design. Um, anything really that, that has caught our eye has been really unique. Sometimes it may well be um, stuff that's just very clever, other times it may well just be just really damn good design. Yeah. This week's super amazing brand news is about Whoppers. Whoppers. <laughs> about Whoppers. Burger King. Or the lack of Whoppers. Or the lack of Whoppers, absolutely. Yeah. So um, Burger King announced a day without the Whopper. Um, uh, advertising with today we won't be serving the Whopper to support our competitive cause. Now, um, for those of you that haven't seen it, we'll load it onto uh, on our Instagram page, which is at brandbytespod. But good plug. Um, but uh, the advertising actually is quite is quite clever. So um, two hands holding the Burger King hand holding Ronald McDonald's hand, very similar to the Ronald McDonald charity logo. And at first glance, it looks a bit like Whopper, like Burger are taking the mick a little bit here by saying that we're not going to sell the Whopper just to help McDonald's yeah. out because they're so good. But actually, behind that, there is a good message, isn't there? Yeah, of course. Because obviously, Burger probably got a bit of a reputation for uh, sort of taking the mick a little bit out of McDonald's. <clears throat> which like my first impression I thought that's exactly what they were trying to do and I didn't actually understand the message initially um, but then it made me want to go to McDonald's page and be like what are they doing what is the competitors cause uh, and they're actually raising money um, for a children's cancer charity uh, through their sales so Burger King almost won up to that and said look support that instead yeah which is almost in, in my opinion made them look a bit better in a way because they've taken a moral high ground to someone who's already like donating to a children's cancer charity. It, it's pretty impressive. It, it's focusing more on the greater good, the greater good, okay. the, uh, the greater good that it is um, just on themselves to drive a competitive sell, but they've managed to do it in a way that brings them yeah. great, great PR. And this is on the back of. You know, a lot of activity that's been happening on the Whopper. They had a day in April earlier this year where they took everything off the menu but the Whopper, and that was done. Just to be clear, Burger King are not an official sponsor, but if they'd like to be, get in contact with us through Instagram at Brand Bites Pod. Um, but you know, it's they, they the whole day took everything off the menu except for the Whopper. It's a flagship product. All the advertising that's been on TV recently has been focused on it, and that being what makes them unique. But to do this and advertise this way 
is an amazing piece of work. Really, really clever. Even 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 though they're saying a day without Whopper, there's still an excuse to plaster Whopper on everything. Absolutely. Um, Whopper TM on everything. So yeah. it's still like you you know no one no one else is selling a Whopper. You know it's Burger King. So even though they're doing such a good thing, it's still just an excuse to plug. Yeah, like you said, their flagship product. It it goes a long way to say that. PR is more than just shouting your brand or an image as yeah. loud as you can. You have to understand the psychology behind people to understand great, good, great PR. In this one, and again, as I say, we'll put it onto our Instagram, but even the hand-holding, normally in the Ronald McDonald charity, Ronald McDonald's hand is the one that is dominant, but in this case, mm-hmm. it's the Burger King hand with the Burger King royal seal ring that's on his hand, that's the dominant covering hand in this. Yes. It's, it's been thought through really, really well. Um, you've got to take your hat off to the marketing department or the yeah, PR agency that come up with this because it's it's just one, it's a fantastic course of course, of course, and two, to be sort of collabing almost with with a, a direct competitor is a pretty impressive thing. But the subtlety and the emotional triggers with all of the advertising around it has been pretty amazing. That said, as much as we are waxing lyrical about Burger King, if you are feeling hungry and you want to support a charity, do head into McDonald's, not Burger King. Don't buy the Whopper, it won't be around. Do go into McDonald's and get a Big Mac to support that children's charity, uh, cancer charity, because that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's good work. Nice. That's brand new. It's not brand new for this first one. Brand new. Nice. Um, Second, uh, second of that Rugby World Cup, did you watch a lot of the Rugby World Cup at the weekend? Not as much as I would have liked. Um, I basically watched the, uh, hi- not the highlights, the uh, live feed, but like the text feed on the right. Guardian website. So you, you went back to CFAX days yeah, and yeah, Teletext, yeah. well done. Um, but that, that was purely because I was supposed to be doing work, so I was like, I'm, go- I'm not going to get distracted too much. Okay. Um, but then for the England game, I allowed myself to get distracted fully and watched it like everyone should have. Um, <laughs> Not that you're biased at all. No. No. I, I watched a dangerously large amount of rugby over, yeah. <laughs> over the course of the weekend. Um, watched all of it in almost literally every game I could yeah. get in front of. Uh, amazing, like genuinely an amazing, amazing spectacle so far. It's amazing um, from, from a host nation point of view, I think Japan are doing a phenomenal job, not only of of uh, advertising it and making sure we were really engaged with it, but you know, adding the uh, gongs and bells and drums yeah, that they yes. use and, and, and blending like the sort of modern technology of digital screens around with some of that traditional um, Japanese culture, yeah. which is reflected very much in, in the World Cup's logo this year, which takes the traditional shape of the W for the World Cup, but using part of the positive space and the negative space does um i think it's mount kilimanjaro not kilimanjaro what's the mount fuji sorry wow that's terrible mount fuji and then um the rising sun behind it so really personalized it blends that japanese culture and style with that modern logo and that personifies everything about the way this has been commercially structured so far yeah i think they've done a very good job i i also like even even with that logo, they've got very basic sort of colour palette. Like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of countries' flags are, they will have red, white, and blue in them. A lot of countries will, so a lot of host nations will end up using those colours. 
They've used a lot of a, a lighter blue. Yeah. Which has almost been a trademark. So even on the rugby balls, you'll notice that the branding's all in that lighter blue with like dark blue accents, um, with like the red dot in the middle on either point. And even that, I like you see a colourful rugby ball, and I know that's linked to this exact World Cup. Yeah. And I know like a lot of host nations have done that similar thing in the past, but because they because they've um, chosen well, this colours are even in their flag, so it's not just red and white. It's they've used this specific blue that is actually different from a lot of the blues in other countries. That I think it is going to separate all their merchandising around it, um, which will go. I think will go a lot further than um, previous World Cups have gone. Um, so that's what I really like about this particular logo. Yeah, the, the, so much of the so much of the materials around it as well, and by that I mean the app, the you know the fixture list, everything's been put together had, has had one really clear sort of consistency. They've even gone with one crest shape designed specifically for this um, tournament that each of the flags or. Um, yeah, each of the flags for each of the nations playing then have been superimposed into, yeah. which is a really nice way of doing it. So there's like a consistency, regardless of nation, yet an individuality on each item, which I've been yeah. really, like, you know, the organisers obviously have got great experience in doing this stuff, it's not their first time, but it's an amazing, amazing event. And, and I've just been, I've been shocked by it. I'm actually checking my phone up now to get the, the app open. Um, and, as I'm sort of showing Frankie now, you know, all of the all of the logos have been made to look, you know, the same. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And and what that done is it's it's put everyone on an equal footing, which is what a, a hosting, you know, host for a World Cup should be. You know, every nation starts with aspiration of winning it, whether you're New Zealand or Namibia, everyone is planning on on, on yeah. that tournament. Um, or anyone else, I'm not particularly picking it on Namibia, Georgia, <laughs> perhaps. Um, but you know, I, I think it's been it's been fantastic how they've done it. It's been really, really great. Um, one thing that that we talked about last week that we would be discussing though was the logos or the icons for each of the nations and how rugby is quite unique in so much that the what are quite iconic symbols for each nation rarely have any wording. No. Which is really, really interesting, right? So the, the first one that comes to mind for you, a very proud Englishman, is that white shirt with a red rose yeah. on it, right? It doesn't need to say England, it doesn't need to say anything on there at all. It just says, we'll lose in the semi-finals. That's, like, that's <laughs> all it seems to mention. But like, that is an iconic symbol. That, you know, you talk about timeless design, which you've done many times before. Yeah. That logo has not changed. No. And yet it looks as modern and fresh as any of the newer nations that have designed them all recently? I think the, the rose itself over over the last sort of like 20, 30 years um, has crisped up, they've made it a bit cleaner, given a bit more space in mm. um, between all the petals, all the individual petals and leaves. Um, so I remember it used to be a bit more intricate than that, probably a bit darker. So I think they've cleaned it up, made it a bit more modern. Mm. But it, it was so, powerful then that like didn't even need like a recognisable amount of work that you wouldn't be able to tell. Uh, and now alongside yeah the white shirt as you said like what what other country wears all white? So like that in itself is like timeless um, just to say we are yeah 
this this is us. You know, you can identify them. Same as the All Blacks, right? Although yeah, yeah, exactly. The All Blacks, whose shirts I've noticed aren't black. They're like a dark charcoal this year, and they don't match the shorts. The shorts say, are darker. I've noticed that. The shorts are darker than the shirts. They didn't say that on tennis X. It was a serious, it was a big moment for us. Um, but you know, it's, it's really interesting, and I think rugby international shirts are really focused on that. Ireland, for example, you know, the nation that I support, a green emerald shirt. Very simple shamrock with a rugby ball in the middle. It is a consistent design that's been there for a very long time. The French with the cockerel, each of them has been clearly defined, and whomever did each of the individual pieces of design has created something timeless. Yeah. In each case. Yeah. So here's your, because you are the design expert, I'm going to ask you for your top three best. In your top and your bottom three worst okay. of the nations at the Rugby World Cup for this year. Yeah. And why? But purely not for the team and feel purely from a design okay, aesthetic yeah. Un- point of view. Unbiased opinion. Unbiased opinion. So let's start with let's go negative first, okay? So okay. give me the three worst logos in your opinion or icons and why. Okay. Um Probably in no particular order, um, but I don't think Fiji's is very strong. Okay. Um, for, the, for those who are listening, rather than to see it, Fiji's is sort of an upright silhouette of a rugby ball with a palm tree in the middle. Yeah, right? it's, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't suggest rugby ball enough because I think it's quite narrow. It's more. It's, it's almost surfboard shape. It's too long. Yeah. That's just to fit the palm tree in, which yeah, palm trees might be associated with. Fiji, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's something else that they, they didn't have to like crowbar in. I'm sure it, it just does. It's sort of the two elements are battling each other, which, like you said, with um, Ireland with the shamrock and uh, the rugby ball, they, they fit neatly together. Mm. Um, they're not they're not two elements that fight each other. It, it almost seems like they haven't given it enough time to sort of find a way around, like making them work together yeah. as opposed to against each other. If you th- if you think the Fiji Fijian team wear an all white shirt and black shorts. Yeah. On an all white shirt, considering that logo, the lines are so thin on that. really fine as well, yeah. It is lost on that canvas of white almost. What would you do to improve that? Which would you try and change the space, the, the balance between the black lines and the and the and the white if they wanted to keep the yeah, for me, the same? For me I'd probably make it shorter. Um, okay. <clears throat> so maybe like crop a bit of the palm tree, trying to incorporate the rugby ball into the palm tree okay. somehow. Um, that's a challenge I'll set myself now to improve the Fiji logo. Okay, so that's Bold it. Claim. Put this on so there will be a even sketch design from our very own Frankie uh, on our Instagram and that will be loaded for your improvement that you would make if they, if they chose to engage your services. If anyone from the Fijian <laughs> Rugby Association is listening, and I'm told they're all big, big fans of brand yeah, bias, yeah, of course. Um, just get in touch with us on Instagram, Frank, if you're happy to put um, a good word in with the team at studio going to help out. Okay, so, so we, we've crucified the Fijian <laughs> Rugby team. Thankfully, they're only small lads, so they won't be coming oh, around to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, the next team that you are less impressed with? Less impressed? Probably Canada. Okay. Yeah, just because it, it does the job, like I see 
like a, guy, a rugby player and a maple leaf, but it's almost it's almost too obvious. Is it too busy? The guy, like it's it's really yeah. It's, yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy could be. Again, that's quite fine lines. If you were to zoom out from that, would you be able to tell that it's a rugby player? Do you think? No, I, I, probably not. I'm gonna try now. I'm gonna. I'm for those that see, I'm zooming out. Because <laughs> um, I've got Danny for it. It almost looks like a split maple leaf. It does. It looks like a hole in the maple leaf. Somewhere. Yeah. So they tried to use the negative space, but the the lines are too fine, really. Again, um, which is one of the elements that is a. Sit, just another plug. Just uh, yeah, basically the um, one of the elements that we use as studio going is merchandising. So that's one of the um, criteria that we score logos against is can you merchandise it? Mm. Can, how how would it how would it look on a shelf? Can you market it? And this I I can only imagine would be such a pain to like embroider or print anything mm-hmm. smaller than like a flap because. You know, the lines are too fine and you, you, it doesn't communicate what you're trying to say, uh, unfortunately. But also, I know, okay, England use a rose, but they don't use, they don't use a rose at a rugby player. Um, okay, the shamrock, you've got rugby ball, but it's incorporated in it. It's, it almost looks like they've just layered a rugby, they've got, oh, it's Canadian rugby team, just get a maple leaf and layer a rugby player over it. It's not, again, it's sort of fighting each other. I don't think it works together. If, if they were to go, if they were redesigning now and, and planning that timeless long-term view, like at England, like New Zealand, like someone like that, like Japan, any of those that have chosen simple iconography, shouldn't they have just gone with that iconic symbol on their flag, everywhere else, of the maple leaf? I, I completely, yeah, I think so. And use that. Go down the line of um, All Blacks, just right as a leaf, you know who it is. It's simple. It's simple, yeah, it communicates that. And whether you put that onto a small, you know, lapel pin, whether it's on a cap, whether it's on a shirt, whether it's on a flag, yeah. it'll be recognisable and scalable. Yeah, of course. Um, that's, yeah, that's what I would, I would sort of wish they had done, really. Um, okay. I would just sort of make it, it's just too obvious. It's just, yeah, it, it, it doesn't scream like they spent a great deal of time thinking that one through, unfortunately. No. Um, and your third worst, um, not in any order, but. Probably, well, I don't know. Probably, probably Romania. Okay. I have to say, um, just because again, the, I feel like they need to say Romania rugby on it, because otherwise, I wouldn't know anyway. Um, and I know I'm not like the pinnacle of knowledge, so this it might just be my head that goes over. But without the wording, it wouldn't communicate that's Romania to me. Um, so the Oakley doesn't. See, I, I disagree with you on this one. Okay. And the reason why I disagree with you is it's a simple icon in, a, in two basic colours. And when we have looked at their competitors, when you look at England and, and what we've said we would do for Canada and the All Blacks and everyone, it's what we've been recommending a single representative oh, icon as an identifier. Just because that isn't yet recognisable as. Romania's yeah. logo, does that mean it's bad design? Um, no, okay. I, yeah, no, I, I agree then in that case, but the only thing I would change is the the colours, not the colours, obviously that's their colours, but the stroke, again, is going back to that fine line. Yeah. It's almost, There's a terrible outline on, the, on it as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's always made it a bit, 
third party, which I think, okay, go down that line of a single mm-hmm. um, icon, but it could be maybe simplified or a bit cleaner, a bit bolder yeah. again. Um, and it might it might look like it works better with the lettering that way. See, I would have thought that you were going to go with Samoa, which is a very busy crest on a circle yeah. with a reef, with a name, with a crab, with a, with a, with a, with a crest of the crest on, on the top on of it. On paper, yeah, that's I mean, it's the best busy, it's dated, it, you know, for, for the design principles you talk about all the time about simple, timeless design, yeah. future proofing, merchandisable. Oh, yeah, that, that doesn't help with anything, does it? That, this is, this is, I mean, if I asked a child to draw me the New Zealand logo, they could do a reasonably good job of it. If I asked a child to do for England, if I'd love most of them to do it, even the remainder would be reasonably easy if they'd already seen it. But yeah. the Samoa is incredibly busy, and I understand it's steeped in the history of the nation, but... Oh, it's very much a heritage crest. It's, it's a very, very big, yeah. busy, busy, almost, you know, quite ancient concept of having your sort of national seal as your logo. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe, yeah, I do like it. I do like the symmetry of it, though. I would say that. You love symmetry? I, yeah, yeah, I do, I don't. Like, the All Blacks logo doesn't have any symmetry, but... It, it, it's balanced. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe it's the balance. But one of the things going back to the Romania um, logo, Romanian logo. Um, one of the things we also score our logos against is communication, and maybe just that's what I'm not getting is like this communicating Romania to me. That might be why I've got a lack of culture. Yeah. But, um, the. I don't know the what the is between uh, Oaks and Romania. No, right? If anyone does know, please get in yeah. contact with us. But uh, the merchandising side of it, yeah, you're completely right. That oak leaf works perfectly. Mm. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just the communication that I'm missing out on, and that's why it didn't scream out to me as like a successful logo. Uh, but yeah, the small one, the, the communication is there. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's not necessarily timeless. No. Or wouldn't be particularly easy to market just because of how complex it is and the amount of elements in it. Um, there's a lot of colours, there's a lot of shade, there's a lot of work and line work in yeah. there. That's, okay, it's yeah, quite they're, complex. Yeah, they both both sort of could be up to, but for different reasons, mm. I mean. Um, okay, so we've done three, 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 three that you're going to kill. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can name one of the top three with you already. Oh. But I'm completely unbiased. Or two of them, sorry, because they're all the balance, but so I want this one in order, third, second, and first. So, bronze medal for this Rugby World Cup, based entirely on icon alone. What's your third vote? I'll also allow myself a vote as I'm oh, sure. I'm like, as I'm thinking about it, you put me on the spot. As I'm thinking about it, I'm reordering them. Okay. So, it's may, this may change retrospectively. But third, probably England. Yeah. I, I want to say first, but no. I can't just because there are, it's, it's still, even though, like I said earlier, they have cleaned it up, still there's quite a lot of elements, mm. um, and there is some like fine lines, but it, it still works from a distance because yeah. you know it's a rose, and it works close up um, as well. You don't need the text to say the rugby because you know, yeah. yeah, you know red roses, that's that's fine. Okay. Um, number two? Number two, all blacks. Yeah. Uh, because 
yeah, everyone knows the firm, like we said, with uh, Canada. They don't need to plaster a rugby ball on it. No. Uh, they don't even need to say All Blacks. Well, even so, All Blacks communicates that All Blacks isn't a country, but no, they don't say All Blacks. So yeah, the communication is like perfect. You, they, you know exactly what they're, what they're doing and who it is. Uh, so purely because of it's really marketable, uh, just a simple icon, communicates really well what it is because you always need that to All Blacks. And All Blacks now is separate to New Zealand even. Yeah. It is just all It's a brand all of its own, isn't it? Yeah, so that is really strong. Um, my my first would probably have to be Scotland, just because... Okay, not what I was expecting. No, but purely because they incorporate all of those elements that we talked about. So how I think Fiji could have sort of tried to work in the rugby ball shapes and the palm tree and make it a bit shorter so that you can scale it larger yeah because um, it's taller um, the Fiji logo can obviously only reach a certain height uh, whereas this the Scotland logo is quite square so the height and the width are always going to be equal so it's always going to be able to go bigger than a logo that's really skinny yeah because <clears throat> um, once you reach the max height it's still not going to be able to go wider without warping so the Scotland logo does that really well also they've also they've created like a double entendre with the rugby ball shape and the thistle. Yeah. So they they haven't just like crowbarred in a rugby player on top of a thistle. Yeah, yeah. They've made it work together. And it's not battling each other, it's working together. Um, but also it incorporates that element of just one strong icon of a, a flower or a national symbol. So it's literally all yeah. of the above. Yeah, no, I to work together. So I, I understand what you say, I'm I'm really shocked, genuinely shocked that that's the selection that you made. Um, not in a bad way, but just because 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 you have. But um, interesting for me. So I I would have had. I agree with England, and I agree with New Zealand. I have one of two as my as my um, top. But if I had to push, I would actually choose the Springboks. And the reason why I choose yeah. the Springboks is um, again single icon, easily recognisable in the Springbok itself. But for me. The colour balance is fantastic. A predominant in that sort of orangey uh, hue colour with the white accents and simple black lines. It looks realistic without being attempting to look realistic. Yeah. It's slightly cartoonized without looking overly cartoonized. And for me, it's really it, it's a really easy thing. It looks great on a, on the you know green and gold for the shirt, but great on the green. I've seen it on multiple colour backgrounds on t-shirts and things like that. And it always looks prominent. Yeah. And subtle at the same time, if that makes sense. So it's really easy to identify without it looking over the top. And it's a it's a really, really for me it's the it's the best logo out of it. Okay. Yeah. I I get what you're saying about it looks like subtle when it stands out. I think that's the contrast between the black and that like orange and yellow. Um, so you can put it against anything, either the yellow or pop or the black or pop. Yeah. Um, so the, the contrast there is really good. Um, my, no, my only criticism would be that it just feels sort of balanced. Mm. Like it feels like he's, because obviously he's jumping into one, one way, it, yeah. your, your eyes automatically drawn that way. Um, but, it's, 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 but it's a logo that's in motion as well, which is what yeah. I've always, yeah, 
for some reason, it, it, things like that have resonated with me. Ironically, I don't like the Wallabies logo. I think it's. Uh, I think. I think that's too cartoonised. It's not realistic enough at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think the Springboks. You know, you got to remember this is a this is a country that has has had to make massive strides forward in its recent history. Not going to go into apartheid and all that sort of stuff, but it's it has had to move forward and progress. And for some reason, for me. You know, something is as, as, as beautiful as a springbok, but in motion and projecting forward is yeah, a really good symbol for what that nation yeah. represents. Well, that's why I think well, it's you're going to open some floodgates in. I wasn't going, I'm not going to go into so politics, because that's not my into, bag. No. But, um, but I just think that it's a, I think it's a really well put together logo that has so much more meaning behind it. Yeah, no, fair. I agree with that. I've convinced the design Brand creation expert that I was right. I still you heard it here first. Still, ma- still maintain that Scotland sort of ticks every box. Scotland is really good. I just feel it's quite flat. Is my only thing about it. I almost feel like it needs like either the colour needs to be more purple in there or more vibrant, or that they need to try and get that white to blue balance slightly better. At the moment, for me, it feels a little dated. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd maybe like to see one more colour, but then being monochrome is easy again to market. Yeah. It's easy to stitch onto anything, print onto anything. Um, so, yeah, it's pros and cons. Absolutely. That way, really. Um, yeah, that's interesting. There's, there's a lot. I'll tell you one, this is the most bizarre thing. Um, I was aware that we were talking about this today. Yes. So when I was watching the England game, I was I was trying. It's probably counterproductive, but I was trying to like take it all in subconsciously. I wasn't trying to judge the logos or the sponsorship logos, yeah. um, and I was just trying to be very neutral and just see what stood out to me. <clears throat> and the the logo that stood out to me the most was the Canterbury logo. That, Interesting. That literally sat in the middle. Um, because uh, the Rugby World Cup, they wanted their logo to be prominent on the chest. Mm-hmm. So they've got your country on the left breast and the World Cup on the right. Yeah. So Canterbury had to put their slap bang in the middle. They weren't going to not have it. Yeah. So they put their slap bang in the middle and that is literally where my eye went straight to. Mm. It wasn't one or the other, it was just dead in the middle. And because it's on the player's shirt, you're, you're not looking at... When you're watching the game, you're not looking at the sideboards, I don't think. Um, There's an enormous amount of exposure and collateral for Canterbury on the shirts as yes. opposed to other sponsorship, yeah, the, right? So when you've got a massive great sign saying MasterCard on the side, yeah. you don't you don't think in the middle of the game, you know, you don't see a photo of a team celebrating a great win and go, oh look at the sponsors in the background. But you yeah. might say Look at that guy beating his chest and the thing you see in front is Canterbury. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great. I think shirt sponsorship is a really it's an interesting topic for us to go on to, but I think it's really good. I think the interesting thing for me about Canterbury is it's three overlapping uh, circles with a negative space Kiwi on each of yeah. them. And I always think, every time I see it, obviously we play rugby, you see Canterbury quite a bit, I always think that they should they should bring it back to a single circle with a single kiwi in it because 
the overlapping seems so busy as a logo, but it is iconic and it works in so many different colours and it's yeah you know it's a really it, it, you know it's it's incredibly well known and you know you have it on absolutely everything, but I sometimes feel like it's an overly complicated logo. Is that fair? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. They're doing. I mean, there must be some thought process behind having three that I'm unaware of. Um, but then, because of because it isn't just a symbol or a circle, that is what sets it apart as well. I think. Yeah. Um, there must be some reason behind it. So it's committed to the game. It's just tagline. The logo is the silhouette of three Kiwi birds created the letters CCC, which are the initials of the Canterbury Clothing Company. Oh, there you go. Um, but, and as I will say, so it's, and, and representing the three people that founded it, I've just taken that off, off Google. Um, but for me, the name that it is synonymous with is not Canterbury yeah, Clothing Company, right, it it's Canterbury. Yeah. So it should be modernised to be a single C with. Which I think would still Kiwi. work just as well. Um, but it's interesting about that comments for them. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe maybe they've also maybe they're just riding off the back of how recognisable it is now. Yes. If they were to change it, it maybe over time that would be fine. Um, but initially mm. they might unsettle some people that are just used to that um, that design that they've seen for so long. Absolutely. Um, but is now synonymous with that brand. It's not. Um, it's almost like a staple of quality for some people to be like, oh, the England team wear it. If it's yeah. good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And that, but this takes us really nicely onto the onto the next topic of of sponsorship because you know you hear even stuff today. You know, Liverpool Football Club and Nike are reportedly agreeing this this deal to to changes the sponsor so New Balance to Liverpool's current kit. Nike trying to get hold of it. Apparently, it's going to be more than the seventy-five million pound deal that that Man United received from Adidas every season. Okay. And sponsorship, that kit sponsorship, the sponsors on the front of shirts, yeah, um, and sponsorship around the stadium has become so prominent now, right? It's so big that you get yeah. arm sponsors and back of shirt sponsors, and you get you know training kit sponsors now and all this sort of stuff. And it's really interesting. I I have had I've had a number of conversations with people about sponsorship, startups in particular, around um, around creating PR around a brand and creating noise about it that gives them an opportunity to shout. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting that a startup can afford to sponsor Man United's next kid mm. or the Rugby World nice. Cup, but it's a really interesting conversation. And I think I'm always led back to a story I heard. Um, a long, long time ago now um, about the World Bog Snorkeling Competition. Brilliant. World Bog Snorkeling Championships. Um, which is sponsored by uh, a great business called Root Health. Root Health, based in London, um, started with just cereals, but also got some other um, really good products now. Root Health wanted to be able to generate PR, but not just releasing press releases, they wanted to be able to be synonymous with some fun stuff. Yeah. They looked into the market to sponsor world events. But they're so expensive, so they found obscure sports, and they sponsored, and still do, I believe, the World Bog Snorkeling Championship. Okay. And I've actually met with with uh, Seb, the MD, and I've had the pleasure of spending time with a number of members of the board there, and they 
they talk about it as being this sort of um, wacky genius stroke which gave them a reason to shout about some stuff. It made a quirky story for a lot of people. Yeah, of course. But it also had an opportunity to get that logo out there. More than just retail. Gave them an opportunity to talk to retailers, talk to press, talk to everyone, talk yeah. to social media about something bizarre. And people like nothing more than seeing a weird video of an odd new sport on Facebook and sharing it. It just yeah. happens that this one was sponsored by this particular yeah. group. Um, that helps. And I think advertising has changed in many, many ways. And sponsorship for, for teams, if you, you, if you want to sponsor a team, you want to sponsor a, an event, particularly as a startup, the first thing to ask yourself is why you're doing it. Okay? Yeah. If your reason is for local advertising, so let's say you are a startup accountancy business and you are in in Reading, somewhere let's say near us, sponsoring a local rugby team or cricket team, hockey team, whatever it's going to be, probably not cricket because it's not on their shirts, that gets press time in local advertising is a really good piece. Yeah. If you've got an audience there, so if you're just trying to generate the name of, you know, um, Alex and Stevens, or whatever it's called, yeah. new accountancy firm, and you've got a decent logo and design, and you put yourself onto some stuff, a bit like bus advertising or whatever it is, you'll do some subconscious advertising, you'll get a name and a bit of reputation, so that if someone yeah. then is interrupted by your brand on their day-to-day, -day or through Google, or they're looking for someone, then it has a recognisable feel. I remember those guys from the rugby, or I remember them from the bus, yeah. or maybe I just remember that name. Yeah, it's familiar. So if you're doing it for a local piece, it's really, it, then, then it can work really well. The next piece is, if you're not doing it for a local reason, and this comes on to why I sponsor, so actually our rugby team, sure. Yeah. Then the next has got to be, it's about collateral. Okay, so yes, I'm very proud to put some money into the rugby team, so that we've got new kits, all that sort of fun stuff. But for me, there's a natural affiliation between new startup, which is my consultancy business that works for startups, working together as a team to progress and the link that that has with the rugby yeah. team and therefore photos that are taken by people at the games of players playing together fighting together scoring together yeah, celebrating, celebrating together yeah. that reflects the emotional side to how our Which brand works actually links back to what we were discussing last week with the philosophy and what's, Precisely. The, what's the feeling you want to give people and um yeah, I think that you, you briefly touched upon it then, but if you're, I think you do need to give the thought first behind the reason why. Absolutely. So if if it lines up with your brand message, yeah, 100% go for it, um, but not just for the sake of it, or no, just to get your it, name out. If you think, if you if you do it blindly because you think it's advertising, you'll never make the return. And the thing we mentioned last week was we talked about, does it ever pay back? Yeah. First, you've got to, you've got to, You've got to identify why you're doing it. What's the reason? Because you can't measure success if you don't have a reason, okay? Yeah. And you can measure success with likes and shares and comments, if that's something that you want from a collateral point of view. You can measure success from um, physically driving more phone calls to you or more deals or more clients or how you're going to yeah. do it. But have that metric up front. Decide what you want to do. Yeah. And then understand that this is about helping you to achieve a goal it's not the answer 
if you believe that you can go from a standing start and by sponsoring a local rugby team and have the advertising that you'll immediately have a client base, you will fail. Okay, yeah. If you believe that it can help to contribute towards building some brand awareness, and therefore when you do lead generation exercises, you've got a better chance of conversion, now you're onto a right yeah, ticket. Yeah. If, like myself, the collateral is there because it allows you to emotionally trigger that philosophy of uh, working together to achieve great goals. And by the way, running a startup, as you and I know, is a fight in the mud day to day, right? It's like yeah, rugby, particularly as it's raining today. But then you've got something that isn't just me saying over and over again, we'll work with you to fight to do this, we'll work with you. It, it, it's an emotional trigger outside of, of, of the traditional. And I think that's something that's really, really important. You know, well, I watched an advert on TV uh, during the World Cup for MasterCard, and it had like a couple of ex-pros kicking a small round red ball rather than it being a rugby shaped ball, um, and it just leaked into MasterCard. And I just immediately took the mick out of it for saying, Look, you're trying to advertise during the Rugby World Cup and you've thinly, you vaguely linked it, right? Yeah. Not like the Usain Bolt advert where he ran around in a contactless car and kept buying stuff whilst running around. I sort of got that, right, on the go and stuff. But this Rugby World was so loosely added. Yeah. And I just felt, I sort of sat there and said, you haven't identified why you're doing it, what you're trying to achieve no, from it, just, and then linked it's the just videos. Good. You've just gone, oh, Rugby and MasterCard. If I make it about Rugby and at the end shove the MasterCard logo on, that's enough. Yeah. You know, the flip side of that is like Guinness advertising, which has oh, always been yeah, almost very well. cinematography, right? Great yeah. films, emotional stirring, all that sort of stuff, the white horses, all that sort of stuff, and then Guinness at the end, right? So it links that rugby or that fight or that challenge or whatever it is, the emotion with it, and yeah. then that product. It's always a, Amazing. a narrative, isn't it? In a, Absolutely. Guinness logo. Guinness logo, Guinness logo. Yeah, advertising. So, yeah, so. I would encourage, genuinely would do this, not only because I think it's right for, for, for local communities and sports teams and everything, we should support local local groups. I think you should sponsor, I do think you should try and get your name out there. It's, by the way, it's significantly cheaper than it is starting a, you know, getting a PR agency to write press releases for you and not get any coverage, because you may not amplify them anyway. But do ask yourself why you want to do it. Consider that it's a contribution towards getting the result, not it's a means to get the result by itself. And then make sure that you track it and that you use it as much as you can. Get the clash, yeah. use it. And that's when I believe sponsorship of an event or a team or even some advertising that's done can be really powerful. Well, yeah, but then even, um, yeah, completely. But then even then, like, so one more layer to that is something like a sports team their, any tournament they enter, any photos they get taken, any newspaper write-ups about who scored, who like how the game went, match reports, that sort of thing. You've literally just got like you've you've got social content yeah. on tap then because you're you're linked to it. So you're almost creating another um, another stream of like free advertising again because you've just got all this content that you can just keep using, reusing. Um, that's still consistent with your brand message. So that's going yeah. to link back to the beginning. If it was something that was completely unrelated, you just wanted to get your name out there, the more you used it, the, the less consistent your brand message would be as well. Yeah. So 
that yeah, that's sort of like another layer to it as well. Yeah, and that's I guess that's why for me when I was when I you know when I was approached and agreed to sponsor Abbey Abbey Rugby Club um, here in Reading. For me, I thought to myself, well, the season runs for about eight months, and there's there's a show, you know, a successful ship. We'll probably use the show for a couple of seasons, so maybe let's say it's two years worth of advertising. That's two years worth of events. There's two years worth of content. Yeah. There's two years worth of, um, you know, a league winning team or a cup run team or a sevens team in tournaments and things like that. So I felt there was longevity to it. You sponsor a single event, you're only going to really get the benefit of that during the event. No one is going to be shouting about how they sponsored the Rugby World Cup in six months' time. No. No one is able to, to do that. So sometimes, particularly as a startup, think about the longevity of your sponsorship and think about how often new content will be created as a result of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's also yeah, that's um, part of the return of investment, really, is yeah. what you said, is it worth it? Um, which I probably quite an unpopular opinion because a lot of people encourage the board sponsors but I'd actually say like what you've done the shirt sponsor is a lot better because it's like I said the, the Canterbury logo that's what I saw because I wasn't mm. watching the outside of the pitch I was watching the players and even though you see like on TV you mentioned the mascot advert like not, not being funny but the adverts that's that's when you go to the bar yeah I don't even watch well, do. yeah I don't even watch I don't even watch the adverts so like I'm literally just watching the players, and if it's not there, to me, okay, I don't, I'm not representative of the like the whole audience. Mm. But to me, if it's not on the players, I'm I'm not really paying attention to it because I'm not there to look around the outside of the game. I'm there to look at the kit. Yeah. So if you can, yeah, if you can, yeah, okay, it's like supporting your local team. Amazing. If you can put money into any local organisation, like props to you, that's amazing. But the shirt is where people are going to be looking. They're looking at the players, they're looking yeah. at the game, the ball. Um, and that's, again, just the return of investment isn't even just the. Um, it's not even just the. It's, it's not even the custom you get from it. It's even just the eyes on. It's yeah. just the attention. Absolutely, that's that's that brand awareness and brand yeah. consciousness that you grow. You know, I was just literally as you were speaking, I was just thinking, you know, the other space that you could sponsor on a sport as long as the board is large enough is the match ball, right? So it's if you sponsor, it's funny you said that. let's say we do it going, right? Okay, literally just under. So you sponsor the match ball. The match ball is going to be involved in every major moment of a game and should be yeah. there all times, right? So that that's the other area which you can do. So now obviously if it's a hockey park or something, you're unlikely to, to be able to get a lot out of it. But there's there are opportunities to do it. I, I I'm sure that you know if Heineken are a sponsor as I think they are in the Rugby World Cup, maybe theirs is the only bit sort of bars. So maybe they can make a load of money out of it. And maybe MasterCard as a result offer all of the credit associated with the club with, yeah. with the tournament thing. So it will be part of a wider marketing campaign. So please don't, you know, message in if you are from one of these companies. There's probably say, more partnerships, aren't yeah, exactly. those organisations. That, you know, that we're thinking about it too one-dimensionally. But I'm, this is... For a start, that's point Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this, this is, we know, it's about, we're about design, we're about future brands and all things startup. And future brands and startups work with limited budgets and they need to look at how they, how they drive awareness and consciousness. Yeah. And that... And that's where we're coming from, rather than a sort of critique of major major business. Yeah, no, of course. Brilliant. So, 
on to my favourite bit from last week, um, yeah. and hopefully uh, this week's from your nomination will be good. But the legend of the week for the this week. The legend of the week. Take yeah. it away, Frankie. So my legend of the week for this week is uh, Alpro, the dairy-free milk yogurt. The product rate uh, ice cream now as well, actually, um, because they've rebranded in uh, the last few days and. I partly thinks it might have been um, partly might have think thinks it might have been sort of to keep up with market trends because I think their old logo was starting to look a bit heritagey. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was quite busy. It was a bit of a crest. It wasn't quite a crest shape, but it was. Um, Quite a lot of elements it was, inside it was, one shape. Yeah, but for, for those who are listening, so it was like a, a blue cartouche with rolling hills and yeah. wording in it. It was a busy thing when it was in small space and it wasn't particularly modern. No, I think when they created it, it would have been. Yeah. Um, but then as the market moves, especially for a lot of eco products and a lot of uh, vegetarian or vegan products, mm. and everyone's moving towards the simpler, cleaner, but natural look. Yes. Um, they adopted that and they've released their rebrand, which I think is actually spot on. Um, they've got a very similar font, but it's instead of being a negative space, it is just Alpro with, yeah. with one leaf. Um, and they've so the leaf communicates that eco, that natural, uh, that healthy aspect. Yes. And then you've got Alpro, which is just, it's simple, so you haven't got all the noise behind it, so they can actually make it larger on their cartons and on their um, pots and their products. Mm. Um, so they sort of get more for their money on the retail space, uh, but also the space around it isn't covered with leaves and the blue background. It's actually more, there's more white space on all the packaging and their website and all the branding. So it actually gives the impression that it is cleaner, it's yes. more natural, it's, it, there's less nonsense. So I, 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 when you nominated my two thoughts about this, and my initial thought over all the white and packaging was, I don't think this is a great idea, because it's in a dairy aisle where most things are white already, and I felt yeah. it would be lost. And I do think about brands like Good Health, where they use quite bold colours, not super bright colours, but bold colours to differentiate themselves. But then I thought to myself, actually, one of the things associated with dairy alternatives is people who don't have to have them, so it's not for, you know, my sister, for example, can't have, can't have dairy or eggs, so for her, these were beacons of products that she could have their own. Yeah. But for those of us that don't have that requirement but are being encouraged to, to maybe have more of a plant-based diet or to have less, less um, dairy, I guess what they're trying to do is market it so that it's closer to what you're used to. It is white, like the milk you already have. Yeah. It's not so make, different. Yeah. Scares off this area. You know, I, you know, if you say to you know my dad, for example, who's you know not not dairy free, if you say to him, you know, um, try this, it's soya milk, he'll instantly feel he's not going to like it, or it's almond yes. milk, or yeah. it's whatever it is, because he will have an association with it's not milk, and the advertising makes it really far from milk. I wonder whether the packaging here, the choice to go white and with. The green and blue logo, which are the two prominent colours within full fat or whole milk, sorry, in yeah. has been a conscious choice to show that they're an alternative, but they're not that different. 
So I wonder whether they've tried to go for a mainstream they've, album. Also, they've always had blue from the sky and the crest yeah. and the green from the leaves. Um, but the passion is busier, much brighter, yeah, yeah, less yeah, white space. Um, so but that is a good point actually. They might have made it more of a sort of natural progression if you wanted to just like try it, it's, it's always saying like that it's okay. We're we're not that different. Yeah, exactly. Um, we just don't have we we just we're a bit different because of plant based, but it's it's still milk just, yeah, in your eyes, we, you know. We, yeah, like hundred percent could have been going going for that, which they, they probably were in a way, mm. looking at how much white space there is. But on the other on the other hand, um, a lot of eco products and a lot of um, sort of dairy free or vegan or. Um, sort of grouping, I know mean, the different categories, yeah. sort of grouping them all together. They are going for that more non, like, no-nonsense packaging. It is, does what it says, yeah. and it, it, there isn't too much noise. Uh, so as soon as you make something a bit busier, people automatically think, oh, there's more gone into it, there's more, um, like... More additives, yeah, more yeah, yeah, stabilizers. It, 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 it yeah. just looks like it's been messed around with. I, I think it's not as simple. But yeah. You know, yeah, I think the average person also at the moment is aware of the noise around um, consuming less dairy and having yeah. more plant-based product. But I think they can be overwhelmed by the amount of noise and the amount of information and the yeah. push and push and push. Um, I, do, I do genuinely think that that can be a real issue. I, I, yeah, I must say I'm a massive fan of the redesign. I think it's a really good job. So again, you know, we will obviously shout out Al Pro. Uh, with all the social media when we launched this out and definitely, definitely worthy winners of Legends of the Week this week. It feels like they've got that philosophy, I hope we've interpreted it correctly, but that philosophy right of, of you know, wanting to make a mainstream alternative to milk that doesn't yeah. feel such a big jump. But I also think they've come up with a really modern design that, if anything, will hold off some of these emerging challenger brands. I think so, I think so. Because Alpro have got a lot of space on fixture. You know, they've got a lot of space in, their, in dairy, or I don't know, non-dairy, but in the dairy aisle. Um, and I think they've shown their courage and their, their wisdom to evolve and progress that brand yeah. in, a, in an area where there's a lot of new brands coming in. There is a lot of competition now, but then also because they are, um, they sort of were, they did spearhead that movement quite a lot, I'd mm. say. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying it was 100% down to Alpro, but they, they had a lot of weight in the movement towards dairy-free products. And the name has always been like a leading brand, like everyone knows what Alpro is now. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they've sort of, the, the, the word Alpro isn't in negative space, it is just that with the, the small leaf above it. it. means, yes, they can go bigger, but they're also just using that name. They're not, there's no noise around that name, you just know Alpro now. Yeah. So you don't even need to mess around with no, it. No, you don't. Because it communicates it's a recognizable what it is, yeah, it's yeah. distinctive, um, and it, it works, and I think that's a very clever move as well, is to just go with, right, the positive space, the word, and then a simple leaf just to say, it's like a nudge towards Oh, uh, eco and healthy and like clean and natural. It's uh, it, it does the job. They've also uh, you pointed this out to me. I didn't even spot this. It's the uh, sort of almost textured effect on the text, which I yeah. didn't see at first from a distance, which also works because it means they haven't overdone it, which means it's not recognisable. But up close, they actually have that rough texture sort of stamp-like effect, which again is a nod towards the more natural, organic process. It doesn't look industrial, it looks natural. And it, looks, it looks less processed, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. So I, I think, yeah, for those, all of those reasons, yeah. they're my legends of the week because they've just absolutely nailed the rebrand. 
in my opinion. Well done, Al, bro. Yeah. Right, so coming to a close on the on episode two, which has been great fun so far. Uh, I just want to have a quick chat about what we're going to talk about next week. Yes. So I would like to address a topic which is very dear to my heart, which is when you communicate a brand yep. to different shoppers than consumers. And in that, I want to talk about how you advertise children's products. Because okay, you, have to, you have to appeal to mum and dad as shoppers, yep. and you've got to appeal to kids as consumers. So that's what I'd like to talk about for, for episode three. I think that's a very strong topic. That's, that's why I came up with it. Do, do my research. I'll, as a, I'll yeah, get my uh, kids' say, cereals later. As I say, as a dad of three, I think I'm, I've got slightly at the upper hand on this one. But um, I think it's really, really important. A lot of us, a lot of branding is associated with the consumer and the shopper being the same person. And this doesn't just apply to kids' products, but I think that this is a really interesting topic for brands that so. are starting up in an area like this. Good. Fantastic. Cool. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. As always. Follow us on Instagram uh, and we'll speak to you next week. Cheerio. Bye. (laughs)